Hello, and welcome to the Spirit Studios podcast. My name's Al, and in this episode, I'm chatting with producer, engineer, and soon-to-be Spirit Studios graduate, Ryan Davis. After an unconventional and challenging final year, Ryan has just completed the studio and live music production degree. He tells us about his experience working in studios and at festivals, collaborating with artists, and even developing his own business, creating handmade plate reverbs. Hey, Ryan, good to see you. How are you? It's good to see you. Uh, Not too bad. Good stuff. Good stuff. I know that you've just completed or you're just on the tail end of completing your degree at Spirit, which was the studio and live music production degree course. Could you tell us a bit about your musical background and what it was that drew you to the studio and live course at Spirit? So it started basically when I was 15. I'm 32 now. So this journey has been a bit long, but enjoyable. Coming straight from a technological angle, um, I use the computer as my instrument. I do not play an instrument sort of fluidly. I got into making music through DJing, doing bedroom sets with friends, MCing, that kind of stuff. So it was sort of UK Garage was kind of the the, the hot thing at the time. Nice. So that kind of two-steppy kind of vibe. And it's sort of also when grime music was sort of first emerging and sort of dubstep as well. So yeah, yeah kind yeah. of like a blend of all these crazy sort of abstract sort of genres. I attended a sort of a night course at the local community centre learning basics of Cubase 3, 3 or 4 it was. Dreadful software that used to quit before you'd even started it. (laughs) (laughs) And up to that point, had you ever had a go with using a door, Cubase or anything else? I remember purchasing some kind of like sort of door that I've never never heard of since called Kinetic or something like that. And it was kind of like a, I think it was by Cakewalk or something like that. Okay. It was kind of like a groove production kind of thing. I tried them um, sort of music editors, wave editors, and that sort of stuff, like chopping up like beats and stuff like that, and just sort of repasting and that kind of thing. I did try after that course, I tried to um, get onto um, a tech course at the Manchester College. But um, at the time, I didn't have rel- um, any relevant grades at the time due to okay. GCSEs and that kind of thing. In school, I had this. Um, well, I wasn't diagnosed with this sort of learning disability, similar to ADHD, like dyspraxia. And it's kind of affects your motor skills and all that kind of stuff. And you, you find motor skills sort of playing an instrument. Probably why I've, I always was terrible at learning an instrument. <laughs> but uh, moving on. So this around 2008, when I was 18 and 19, um, I did a nighttime course at what is now SEM, School of Electronic Music, which formerly used to be Manchester Midi School. And uh, while I was there, I also come across Ableton. I think it was in its first or second version at the time. Right, wow. And they had um, a a tutor there that I just, um, I think he was one of the first certified in in the UK, just come back from Berlin, and he gave us like a a lesson on that. So it was kind of like a new kind of thing, because it was at the time it was looked at as um, a sort of DJ tool more than a production tool. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of like my first experience of Ableton and that's kind of like the software I sort of go to for creative kind of stuff. Have you updated to Live 11 yet? I haven't, no, I'm still on 10 at the moment. <laughs> I took the plunge a few months ago and it's yeah. it's great. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've looked at it. I think I'll be doing the same shortly. So yeah. around that time I was at SEM, I got um, offered an apprenticeship in welding and fabrication. 
Cool. I was 19 and I had a son on the way at the time as well. So I was like, you know, wow. everything kind of intense. So music took a sort of backseat. I sort of became more of a hobby. So skip to like 2016, 2017, I got made redundant um, from the welding job that I worked at for like nine, ten years. I got a decent amount of redundancy. <laughs> so I went, did some traveling, South America, Colombia, that sort of stuff. Nice. And um, and I come back, I was, while I was away, I was thinking, what do, what I do? I'm approaching for, uh, come on, you know, at the heart, music has always been there. So I thought I've just got to go for it. At SEM again, School of Electronic Music, that they were doing a foundation course in association with UCLan, similar to sort of what you offer at Spirit. Because of my apprenticeship, I acquired sort of MVQs and sitting gills and sort of, so I had these qualifications that matched up what I didn't have previous. Yeah. So I was, so I was accepted past that and sort of that paved the way to Spirit. So, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and what was it about this studio and live course that attracted you to it? Because based on what you were saying before, I would have thought you might have gone more down the like electronic music kind of route. Yeah. Well, I did look at the electronic music production course and stuff yeah. like that, but I thought I looked at the music sort of industry as a whole and thought need to go out of my comfort zone to, you know, learn these other skills. Cool. Coming from a sort of technical sort of background, like sort of communicating with musicians and, so, and stuff like that and understanding it has always been a bit of a struggle. So that's kind of, of course, sort of open that. Plus it touched on the live sound as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And once you were on it, which aspects did you enjoy the most? I'd say both really, to be honest, because the live sound sort of gets you out sort of what's, um sort of current trends all that sort of stuff what's popping what's going yeah. on um in my first year i did i worked at um kendall carlin nice um, sadly it's just been cancelled this year again yesterday yeah so um but, but what yeah, was that like what what were you what were you doing at kendall calling i was assistant stage manager on the i think it was the second large stage so i was like sort of change overloading in tech all, um, all the tech stuff you know the the sort of riser change over rolling the drums out, that kind of stuff. Wow. So, yeah, I sort of seen Idols Live, Easy Life, um, Slow Tie. So I sort of, um, sort of discovered them as well because I didn't really know about Idols until that point, to be honest, either. So. Yeah, <laughs> what was that like? Uh, they look amazing live. It's ma- it's like, it was crazy, mental, like crowd surfing, and it was it was mental. Rained the whole time I was there. Well. <laughs> But part of it really festival <laughs> festival, festival weather <laughs> <laughs> yeah you didn't have a preference then between the live or the studio stuff it was both things that worked for you oh, and i kind of sort of just sort of works on them both as well as the live and studio as well oh, okay cool sort of discovering like the studio stuff like gain staging and all the technical sort of side of it and that kind of stuff as well because yeah. i didn't really have a knowledge of that i just you've been used to making beats on the computer and that's that sort of thing yeah. Well, I mean, of course, a lot of the the live and studio stuff, there's a, a huge amount of crossover between them. It's not two entirely separate disciplines. But a lot of the time when I chat to people who have done both, they'll usually find themselves drifting fairly firmly into like one camp. But you've obviously got your, you know, you're still very yeah, much interested in both, that. which is wicked. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like all students, you've had a pretty unconventional final year uh, due to COVID and, and everything that's that's come with it. What was it like for you trying to complete a degree in the midst of a global pandemic? It was quite difficult to focus, to be honest, because yeah. you, it was just 
sort of, you know, every day was sort of rolled into one. <laughs> Nowhere was open. You couldn't sort of get any inspiration. You couldn't really network anywhere. But also sort of missing the live stuff as well. I also, just before we sort of locked down in the, in the March, I was um, doing some shadowing at the um, academy as well, at the Manchester Academy. Sort of like just the week before we sort of locked down. So I managed to get bits of experience in between all that and what have you. So now that we're opening back up, have you got anything similar lined up or have you, is it still a bit too early, do you think? I think it's still a bit too early, to be honest. I think everything's up in the air, isn't it, at the moment, really? You can tell that people are really excited to get back into it, but the really important thing is that it's handled appropriately so we don't end up going backwards, I yeah. think. I think once everywhere opens up, I think it'll be busier than ever. I think there'll be more demand than ever as well because people have been saving the money, you yeah. know, as well. They've not been going out every weekend. So I think, you know, people might have a lot more money to spend and I think there'll be more gigs than ever, hopefully. Fingers crossed. On the other hand, was the time that you had during lockdown, did that open up any opportunities for you? I'd say, yeah. I mean, creatively it did. I kind of like made a lot of abstract kind of strange kind of music at the time. Very cool. <laughs> Part of the Rubo project, which is just my kind of solo project that I'm sort of getting behind, that I'm sort of trying to sort of build a little bit of a buzz behind to sort of get a bit of attention, as you know, it's hard to do. <laughs> That's cool. What kind of inspires you to create the stuff that you make? Any Anything with a bass and a bit of a groove and that kind of, but also sort of the abstract stuff as well. That kind of like sort of paints a picture with sound in a way yeah yeah so very much kind of sense of space textures yeah. that kind of thing that kind of like building up a sort of picture so. oh that's really cool well i wonder if if you fancy it we can drop in a section of a track yeah that's great wicked well we'll take a we'll take a listen to broken biscuits now So are you making that stuff in Ableton? Yeah, in Ableton, yeah. What's your kind of workflow like? Do you have a place that you start normally or is it just see where things go? Sort of start around a groove, I'd say. Sometimes I start with the groove, the drums sort of get a little vibe going, see if it gets you sort of bopping. If, you know, <laughs> it's the main thing in music and it's to sort of get the groove going. Yeah, yeah. Um, but other times I sort of start with sort of sounds, sort of just abstract sounds and sort of build up from there, really. So as well as uh, Rubo, are you working or collaborating with any other artists at the moment? I am. I'm collaborating with a sort of, I'd say, folk sort of slash. He does sort of this, the hip-hop stuff, like Easy Life stuff as well, like that kind of stuff, called Hamish. He's from Manchester. Um, originally, we started out, um, I started engineering for him in his band, and then his band, I think he's got rid of the band now and he's gone solo. So <laughs> kind of we did a lot of recording and I think a lot of it's been reworked and resampled and he's sort of chopped it up and it's ended up in his tracks some <laughs> very cool along them lines. Um I'm also working with a female artist called Anastasia who 
does sort of very abstract sort of Bjork type sound, that kind of heavy sort of sound. Like Arca kind of production yeah. stuff. That's weird. Yeah. I think she's from Russia, so she's got like kind of that kind of like opera kind of voice as well. So, wow. Yeah. And those kind of connections, how are you meeting these artists that you're working um, with? Some of them I have applied, um, just sort of connected and sort of DM'd them on Instagram, that sort of stuff, and sort of said, you know, I've got some studio time and doing this and doing that. Would you like to, you know, creatively do something and that kind of along them lines and sort of to break the ice, but keep it not too formal, I think, because it's... When you, when you sort of DM people, it's very easy for them to, you know, when you write something to be misinterpreted or whatever. So just try and keep it simple. And uh, I met Hamish through a band that I recorded in first year called Octopus. And I just um, approached them when they played um, a night in Northern Quarter. So I sort of just went up and talked to them and got chatting. Said, you know, and just sort of went from there. So, yeah. <laughs> And so as well as the production work that you're doing, whether it's solo stuff, whether it's collaborating with artists, I know in then in this final year that you've just had, yeah. one big project that you embarked on was, it was musical, but not in the typical kind of way that you might expect. So um, you built a plate reverb from yeah. scratch. Yeah, I did. Okay, so this is <laughs> so cool. What was this for and, and how did this project come about building a plate reverb it was for my final projects of the year which was to like demonstrate something that you could sort of make a business out of using my skills and my welding skills and my sort of engineering background i sort of come up with the idea of just sort of making a plate reverb for listeners that don't know could you explain how a plate reverb works and or maybe talk to us about how your design yeah. works well, a plate reverb works by sort of having a sheet of steel tensioned inside a frame of steel. The plate is tensioned in this frame, and then you sort of have a sort of what you call an exciter, which is a speaker, but it's not a speaker, it's a speaker that sort of vibrates instead of sort of producing an audible sound. So you attach this to the middle of the plate, and it sort of um, vibrates the plate, and then you have a pickup either side to pick up the reverb. It's generally used to sort of simulate a sort of hall sort of sound yeah you used a lot in the sort of 70s and 60s because i've used plate reverbs in the sense that i've used you know plugins of yeah. plate reverbs uh i've never had the chance to actually use a real one but um i've seen some pictures of the ones you one you created and it looks yeah. so cool uh and what are you using as the pickups then are you using as the pickups i've modified sort of you know um a fishman pickup which is inside an acoustic guitar um, yeah, so yeah. Mod modified one of them to um, have a Pezio pickup on either side. I sort of re reattached and resoldered that with a pe with a Pezio pickup, and then attached a Pezio pickup to the plate. So it's that. So yeah. <laughs> nice. And this was the first time you'd ever built anything like this. Yeah, it was the first time. The electronics was sort of the hardest bit to sort of yeah. get right because I sort of I for the amplifier I've used a sort of oldest cheapish guitar amplifier which is something i'm currently looking to improve on i'm sort of currently in talks with um sound gas limited which do sort of like neve rebuilds and mods um to sort of old analog equipment and that sort of stuff so have you had a chance to use this on some tracks that you've I've, I've, I've tried it on some percussion and stuff like that i've tried it on vocals and it's definitely got on metallic I'd say you can dis distinct it from a plugin in a way that is sort of unique in itself. Yeah. It's got a unique sound to it. I think if I built another one, it'd probably, you know, there'd be a slight difference, I think, 
to be honest. I always think of plate reverbs as being massive things where you you have a whole like room dedicated to a huge plate, but yours is quite a lot more portable. Yeah, it's the size of it is um, a meter by a meter. The design in mind was kind of to keep it portable, so if you needed to move it about, you can it can fit in the back of a car if, if yeah. need be. Does the size of it then affect the sound in a particular way? I think it affects the decay time and the reverb. So I think the bigger the plate, the longer the de- decay time is. Yeah. But having quite a, um, a short, bright plate reverb, I'll use that on things like vocals quite a lot, yeah. where it just helps to just lift them out of a mix, just give them a little bit of space. It's really, really cool. Um, so you've got plans to, to make a few more? I have, yeah. I'm just sort of in the process of sort of the best way to market it, really, to be honest, and just sort of... I've been looking at websites and also sort of looking at other things like sort of other things I can do, like make um, speaker stands and sort of your your rack mounts and all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, the hardware. Yeah, hardware stuff as well. Where can people follow you or how how can people find out the stuff that you're making? At the moment, I'd say it would be Instagram. Yeah, um, but I am looking to set up a website to sort of make it a bit more sort of professional, but I'm just sort of treading carefully in which direction I go. But what else I was going to say, in, in terms of sound design, it sort of it can give you another option because you, there's also you can tap on it and you can create like crazy sounds as well with it. As oh, well. yeah. So you don't even need to use it directly as a reverb. You can use it as an instrument yeah. as well. Sort of like for sort of them horror sounds or something like along them lines, maybe. So. <laughs> That's so cool. I think as well, you'll have the opportunity to, uh, you know, because you've made it, you can use it in ways that maybe other people, you know, if it's at a studio and it's kind of locked away in a separate space, it's like, it's as a reverb, whereas you could become a much more kind of experimental with the ways that you implement that as a tool. Yeah, definitely. I think you could maybe sort of create some mad chain as well with side chain and sort of really getting it, doing some cool stuff as well. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, well, I look forward to seeing more, more about it as well. So once you've graduated from Spirit, what have you got kind of planned for after you graduate after the summer? What are your next steps? My next steps are sort of to get this sort of plate plate reverb sort of website business off the ground to sort of take that in a direction um, to sort of keep working on the sort of Rubo projects and sort of build a buzz around that. But also I've um, applied for a master's at Salford in audio production as well. The journey continues. <laughs> always does i think that's a really good place to end it actually ryan so we'll we'll kind of wrap up cool well thanks so much for coming on and and chatting to me it's been really great to to talk with you and uh just learn about all the stuff that you're up to it sounds ace definitely man i'll keep you posted on um, the plate reverb and sort of how how when the website is up i'll you know send stuff to you and what have you so please do if you need anything testing at any point (laughs) i'm happy to uh for all the reverbs you can send me So thanks again to Ryan for taking the time to come on and chat with me in this episode. You can see more from Ryan on Instagram at RuboSound or follow the links in the episode notes to check out his music and the hand-built plate reverbs. If you're looking to develop your own audio production skills, then you may be interested in the live audio engineering and music production degree that we offer at Spirit Studios. Whether it's recording up-and-coming talent in the studio, work in front of house at your favourite venues, or planning tours and living on the road that makes you excited to be part of this industry, Spirit Studios will help you develop the skills that will make you invaluable to any session, gig, or tour that you work on. 
If you'd like to learn more about this degree or find details on any of our other courses, then please visit us at our website at spiritstudios.ac.uk. Cheers. Cheers.